85. We're here with Joy McKenzie Furbringer, Long Beach State Women's Volleyball Coach, episode 85. Welcome to the student manager. Last time we did this podcast together, we were, oh, God damn, it was COVID. So COVID. we couldn't be in person. Yeah, we did it Zoom. That's Zoomed. right. It was, it was good to see you then. Though. Should we now break, in person. Should we break the news and just let everyone know we went to college together? Yep. yep. Right? So how is it different, Joy? I mean, driving into this campus, I remember, oh gosh, I even forget her. She was from Idaho. Who was your setter or libero from Idaho? Sh Sherry Thormel. Sherry. Oh my goodness, is that good a memory. Blast? Okay, so the reason why is we're driving down, her and I had a class. Actually, I had a little crush on her too. Okay. So we had a okay. class together. <laughs> Hope she's but, listening. I know, right? That building wasn't even there. No. Cause now it's the Karen, Carpenter, Carpenter Center, it's, it's right. performing arts, and now we're, theater. We're in this beautiful pyramid. Yep. How has things changed since when you were a player to now as a head coach? Things that stand out. You know, I think what stands out the most when I walk on campus are just the resources. Like the pyramid is a phenomenal facility. Uh, people know the pyramid. It's an iconic structure. Unfortunately, we I always look this up. I always I'm, I'm always wondering why did you build a blue pyramid, but <laughs> If you Google it, nothing. It just doesn't give you any. So it's it's even greater, right? It's this mystery. Like why, why did he decide blue? this? Why is it blue? Why a pyramid? But anyway, it's it's become this iconic structure in Long Beach. So the resources, uh, the resources academically, we have this Bickerstaff Center. Uh, you know that really stands out for me. The amount of resources the student athletes have now than when we had it. And I don't know. I mean, you remember we we were our sports were really good. When we went to school, we were winning championships, the basketball team, water polo, volleyball, and we worked out in that cage. Do you remember that? Yes. That, <laughs> we called it the cage. It was little. What she's referring we... <laughs> to is it was the gym, like the weight yeah. room, and we had uh, the strength coach. And when it was a hot day, oh, thank God when it was hot days because there was the cage and everything was wide open. Yeah, you had some air in there. But, you know, we did well then. Now the facilities are just, you know, state of the art, new rec right. center, workout areas for the student athletes and that sort of thing. And then, you know, I think there's a lot of construction on campus, so it's nice. There, you know, there's money coming in, right, to, to upgrade things. So. Absolutely. I mean, when I walk on campus and, and you... That's one of the first things I notice, and we talk about facilities, obviously. This podcast helps high school students and parents with the college search and admission yeah. process. Being on so many campuses, things stand out. Now Long Beach is starting to finally get those facilities, like the pyramid. You know how many pyramids are there nationwide? Two. More? Okay, where's the other one? Vegas. There's one more. <laughs> no idea. In Memphis. It is. The other pyramid. There's Another only three pyramids. Sporting? Yes. Ah. Memphis Tigers used to play there. I did not know. Yeah. I've never been to Memphis. So you might have so, to schedule okay. a game with the University of Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think the other thing that stands out earlier, if you've noticed, like the new dorms um, just uh, on campus are unbelievable. The kids don't want to move off. I was talking to Jalen Jordan, and she, I asked her, she's moving off next year, and she's her, in her second year. She said, I, I really perfect, don't want to right move. Right here, yeah. So, we lived in Parkside, which was kind of new at the time. If you remember your building, I was in Q. N. You were N. N. See? Yeah. They try to keep the women's and the 
men's basketball, men's basketball team separated. Far away, but, <laughs> no, but, we, 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 but we did have some good times and some good memories. Yeah. I mean, when you were a player, what was one of your favorite memories? Gosh, uh, I love the events here. Um, you know, they had homecoming here. Oh, when we had a football team. When we had a football team. But, but they then, still... <laughs> yeah, and then they changed. Now it's homecoming with basketball. Right. It's not so the same, though. It's not the same. It's not the same. And, and then COVID hit, and they had a lot of good ideas. But I do like those events where we're just getting the student athletes and the student body together and all of the community together to, um, you know, for an event, just where it's social. I love that. I love where we can get together and and socialize with the community and, and the students and that sort of thing. So I think that's one of my... my you know, favorite things to do. And I love going to the sporting events here. Yes. And you're in the midst of your volleyball season. Big West just opened up. Uh, you have a young team. If I looked on the roster, I think you have 17 underclassmen, freshmen yes. and sophomore. So one question I have, because we went to the Pepperdine game yeah. and I watched that exhibition. I said, dang, I got to ask Joy and Matt, like, how do you balance that? You have 17 egos coming in. There's only six players on the court at once. How do you get them to buy in to, we'll talk about your philosophy and what you're selling yeah. here at the beach? Well, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on our culture and we've worked really hard. We, this is our fourth season um, and building our culture and tending to it. So I think our first, uh, you know, we've, we've built a, a leadership group. We're working on every kid being a leader, uh, having a voice and, Right now, our leadership group consists of two freshmen, two sophomores, two seniors, two juniors. And, um, you know, it's just, we've created this environment where everyone feels like they have a voice and that they have a role and um, feel like they're part of something bigger, you know. And so it is hard. It's hard to manage all those players. I mean, the, the one thing I think is a challenge is we've got some kids that are injured. And to continue to f make sure that they feel part of it, make sure that we're giving them certain roles on the team where, you know, right now they're coaching and they're studying, they're, they're leading study groups and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think one of the biggest things for us is that we're creating leaders out of all these, all, all these kids on our team. And, and some of them don't, didn't see themselves as leaders and now they're starting to really have a voice. And it's so funny because you find the younger, or the, not the younger, the quiet kids right. have great things to say, right? And they don't always, they're not always heard or they're not in an environment where they can be heard. And I think that's the number one thing that I've really liked about the culture we built is that, you know, you get information from all 17 kids, you got 17 great minds, you know, and you're, you're discussing ideas and it just makes everything better and stronger. So, um, you know, I like that about our team. Uh, and I think, it's just it's just been going you know we've got a great culture here and you know like i said before though it's, it's something that we have to tend to every day let me ask you this because i think it would be so difficult in today's age back when we were in college there was no such thing as a transfer portal no. you didn't have to worry about someone leaving unless really someone was upset and didn't want to play but i hear stories maybe it even's happened to you where a kid will put their name in a portal and you find out after the fact that has to have some type of impact on how you recruit today, but then also how you manage and lead your team because it's not, it's like a business. Yeah. You probably, you need to check in probably weekly one-on-ones, make sure everybody's happy. 
Yeah, the communication has to be, that's what I'm saying, tending to, that's what I mean by tending, is we've got to be communicating with everyone, see how they're doing, you know, check-ins with everyone often. Uh, luckily, we haven't had any of those surprise people in the portal. You know, a lot of ours are, are kids that maybe walked on and really improved and then mm -hmm. came in and talked to us and said, hey, you know, I'm really, you know, want to try and earn a scholarship. I want to help my parents out or I, I want to see if I can get more playing time. That's that seems to be a big one. You know, you got 17 kids and Absolutely. eight are playing. And so, you know, lucky for us, I think our kids feel comfortable enough and we've got this open door communication. They've we haven't been surprised. They've come in and spoken to us. And so. Uh, but it does happen. There's a lot of kids, you know, there's no rules on you have to right. notify your coach before you get put on the portal. All you have to do is call compliance up and get thrown on there. So, you know, I think I think you got to it, it's tough. The, the portal's a tough, you know, a tough thing. I think I wish there was other, you know, protocol to it that, right. you, did, you know, a little difficult where you have to kind of work through some things before you can get put on it. But so the impact, obviously, you know, I'm going to ask this question because I followed her for her whole career. Mia, a modern day. Yeah. She was here freshman year. You didn't have any games. I understand her situation, but that had to have some impact. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, you got for the, I'm going to say it for all the big West. You know, we didn't have a season in the fall. Uh, a lot of, you know, volleyball didn't have a season. Well, that's not true. Across the nation, people were playing. Right. <laughs> Big West, we didn't have a season. So t for the student athletes, you know, to sit and watch the rest of the country play. And then we thought, hey, we're going to play in the spring. Well, that Big West happen. called it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that didn't happen. So we didn't sit for one, you know, fall season. We sat for a whole year and watched the rest of the country play. And you know what? because of what was going on with LA and, and, you know, trying to get protocol and all, I, you know, we supported the, the decision and, you know, as a pandemic, we're like, okay, we can just, this is it's out of our control. Let's just do the best we can. But, you know, affect kids like, you know, Mia had great, you know, she's got these big goals and, and to sit there and watch other, you know, schools compete and have full seasons, right. You know, I was taught tough. And the thing that's really tough for me is to watch them have full seasons. And then those kids that played, get another season right they get another year that, so joy you transition perfectly because i have a lot of friends where their kids are class of 21s as well as 20s but the class of 21s i have a friend her daughter's the setter at pit yeah right so she's like well michael rachel's going in to be in the setter at pit but their setters returning they're all the three players are returning or look at wisconsin where julia is they have basically their super four, super five all returning, which is a lot of these schools. How does that impact a coach and a team? And, and I don't think you were impacted that much by having that many seniors come back. Yeah. But well, you have friends, and I'm sure. It impacts it because ours is a little different. We were actually trying to redshirt some kids to put them in the, the class. So if they came in in you know, 2020, 20, we're trying to redshirt them so they'd be at 2021. Well, now they're all 2021. So now we're having to redshirt some, some freshmen coming in. But, yeah, it pushed it all back. Whatever coaches decided um, to do, right. you know, however their team was made up, it really has hurt 
you know, the classes after. And I think the class that got hurt the, the most is the 2022 class coming in. You know, there's just not a lot of space. space. There's not a lot of scholarship money. Uh, there's not even a lot of walk-on spots, you know. So they're, you know, still struggling out there. So when do you think it'll all balance out? I feel, I feel like I got kind of a little bit of a pulse of um, what was going on when I, we actually got to go out and recruit again when the college coaches went out and recruited. And I think the 2023s, I think um, a lot of coaches pushed it to then save their, their space, their spots, and, and that sort of thing. So I, but I, I really do think it's going to be another four okay. years. You know, Let and I think cycle out. this is my my message to the parents and the kids is just to be patient and keep working with the coaches and find out, hey, can I redshirt? You know, um, maybe I take a gap year and I come in the next year. I come in the spring, you know, just, tr- you know, trying to kind of work some things out if there's they still have a dream of playing in college, you know. So Coach McKenzie Furbringer says maybe take a gap year. Possibly. Talk to the coaches, communicate ask if you could red shirt, right? Because there's a lot of options. A lot of options, yep. A lot of options out there. So getting back into recruiting, I remember we talked about this during that whole process when I last had you on, uh, because now you're actually out there for tournaments. It seems like maybe the class of 23, the class of 24 that you're looking at. But what, what advice, what other additional advice would you give to that student that wants to play at the next level in college, as well as to the parents? Yeah, you know, I think the number one thing is just doing the work, you know, the things that you can control right now and and really putting in the time. I know a lot of kids are busy playing high school, which is like five days a week, but clubs only three days a week, but doing the extra times, three days a week with your club team is not enough. So you got to be doing a couple hours extra each week on skill training, a couple sessions of weight training, that everyone across the country is doing that. And that's the stuff they can control and get better. And then I think the second thing is just, you know, uh, just, you know, getting out there and doing, you know, listen to your podcast, learning about schools, uh, you know, doing your research, making sure that you're promoting yourself and going out there. I think the one thing that's really helped uh, student athletes is attending the college's camps mm-hmm. anytime they have a one even a day even if you can't go to the three day go to the one day you can give a visit you can talk to the coaches you can train you get to know the coaches and what their style is they know you you get to do a campus tour uh, but you don't have to do the three days you can at least visit one uh, I think that's really the way to go now though is you can get some visits in and just you're you know you're looking at the school as much as you the know the coaches looking at you looking at you interviewing both ways you know it's interesting because i do tell students go visit a camp because you're interviewing both ways but a lot of schools and, and maybe at long beach you're looking for a specific type of person that fits your philosophy your vision and goal because you might have a great hitter or whatever but it just might not fit Yep. Long Beach State. So talk talk to my audience about that because there's a spot for everybody. And it may not be D1, low D1. It could be a D2, D3, NAIA, yeah. right? Or even you coached at Golden West, yeah. right? Community college could be a good route. Uh, kind of s- talk about levels of you may not necessarily have to be the top player coming out of 
club or high school, you could potentially go a different route, right? Yeah. Look, I'm going to use a perfect example, and you can kind of follow up on this. Reagan Merck, right? Not tall enough. Mm-hmm. And if she, I can say this, she was a tweener, but she took her time. She went to a community college, and now she's playing for Brent down as a preferred walk-on mm-hmm. at San Diego State. So that's a perfect example of someone where you may not necessarily think you're going to a specific top school, but there's room for you. Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about this on just like the, also the scholarship opportunities out there. You know, in the D2, it's a little bit different. The D2 doesn't have to offer out full-ride scholarships. They can offer out money and split it up however they want. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that they could do that. So that, I mean, I think that's a great opportunity too. And, and a lot of the D2 schools are, you know, they're, they're probably maybe 100, 150 in D1. Like they can compete. And, and maybe they're higher than that. Maybe I'm right. kind of misspeaking, but I, you know. The, Might the give you a teams, run for your money? They will, <laughs> they will. We've already scrimmaged a lot of them. So. <laughs> but I also had a kid, you know, I had uh, Avery Nelson here and she went two years to uh, JC in Wyoming and she's, you know, transferred in and playing D1 volleyball. So another story where, you know, she went, JC and then again the other thing that's really important is that there's a lot of money in JC not in California out of out of California there's scholarships everywhere except California full ride scholarships and there's that's a high level too you get a lot of foreigners in those places but there's a there's a spot for any kid if they want to go play college you just got to do your research and you know um, I have a great person too so Lauren Hansen, I'm going to throw her name out there, but she's okay. got a lot of knowledge and a good recruiting person that I've learned a lot from. And so, you know, if you can find a reference like that and someone that parents can talk to, they can learn a lot about what's out there. And I, I've been talking to her because I want my, uh, the younger kids, you know, to learn about all the schools. And they only hear about the top schools. football schools or whatever. Yeah, the top right. schools. So that's right. what's in their head. But I'm like, hey, there's so many great schools high academic schools, school for you you know if you want a small school big school so just i think doing their research you were an all-american setter i think seventh in assist here at long beach state do you okay. know exactly how no, many assists no. it's like 1400 <laughs> and well, it's around 1400 1480 to be exact okay okay your daughter is a setter i think she's a Sophomore, sophomore right with joshua so as a parent you're going through this process it has to either flashback memories we talked about this before or maybe a little different eye-opening how's this process with your daughter as compared to when you went through it yeah well gosh the amount of <laughs> I, I, we were just talking about this <laughs> i just didn't know anything right no internet my dad, thank God my dad was a big volleyball guy. Like he was in the volleyball world. So he helped me a lot, but you need those people like my dad, even now, you know, knowing, and like I'm saying that you gotta listen to your podcast and learn all about these colleges and do your research. But I, as a parent, um, you know, I, my daughter's playing a little bit of beach and a little bit of indoor. So I'm learning, I don't know a lot about beach. So I'm trying to learn about how this all works with beach and, you know, how, you know, different right. scholarships. Some some of the schools have scholarships, some don't. Yes. Uh, you know, a walk-on spot's a great opportunity if you get at any of these schools. 
uh, you know, can help you get in and get in missions. Uh, you get a lot of priority registration. So I'm learning that side of the beach side. So she's kind of trying to figure out what school she likes. And, uh, you know, besides being here at Long Beach State and coaching the team, uh, when we're off, we're taking her to it's a whole dip- check out clinics. And like yeah. I said before, is going to camps and, and going through that process with her. So for me, I think, you know, I, I just want to expose her to as much as I can, that there's a whole nother, you know, we live in LA, but there's a whole nother world out there and a lot of opportunities that are just, you know, out there for kids to, to explore and see if it's right for them. Yes, and you're talking about beach volleyball. I mean, you guys have a program here too. I know like at Cal Poly, for example, there's 20 girls on the team, but there's only 10 girls are going to be playing, right? Five teams of two. Yep. But even out of that 10, I think there's only six or seven scholarships. Yeah, I, be- I believe six is okay. what NCAA allows, and then they can split them. Correct. Like If they want. So, so if you look at any team, you know that you have a lot of preferred walk-ons that are yeah. paying their own way, but you said it. Priority registration. Fonger got priority registration, especially back in the impacted yeah. days, 36,000. Remember how hard it was to get a class? <laughs> we were... at, at a time that you needed a class, <laughs> right. we were standing outside time. the room with about 20 other people trying to see if they could mark your paper. It, like, can you add me to the class? And we had Suzanne Warner. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. You probably didn't remember that name. Wurzer. Wurzer. Did I call her Warner? Wurzer. Wurzer. Okay, I didn't yeah. See, I did right. remember her yes. name. <laughs> so... What? Let's talk about the team a little bit. You came off of opening Big West, yeah, right? I saw. I was shocked because you lost to Cal Poly. You just knocked off at the time number twenty-one University of San Diego. Your preseason was pretty tough with UCLA, Georgia Tech, Washington State yeah. playing some tough teams, and then obviously you have Santa Barbara and Hawaii uh, in Big West. But you're off to a one and three start, seven eight overall. A lot of season left. Friday night coming up, you're playing UC Santa Barbara here at home. That should be a big game. No way. Oh, it's away. away. Yeah. Okay. Away. It's away. Tina Pepic. She probably yeah. won't see the court. Love you, Tina, but probably won't <laughs> see the court. Uh, That's a modern day kid. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the team, the season, because it is young. And I told you, if you look on paper, you're in the top four or five of almost all offensive categories. Yeah. But you might want to elaborate on that. Well, you know, we are a little bit on the younger side in certain positions. We had uh, Kasia Partika, a kid that came from Poland, setter, uh, who was setting the team in the beginning, went down the ankle. Yes. She's starting to get her way back. And then we had Tia Chavira take over, which is she's been great. And Tia's always been a setter hitter. So we kind of got a, a young, uh, you know, we're young in the setting position where they're running the offense, but we are hitting for good percentages. And, um, you know, we've... For us, it's it's um, coming out and being more consistent competitors. Uh, you know, when we get punched, we need to punch back a little bit more, and we're working on that in practice. Uh, the practice gym's been great this week, really competitive. And, you know, the Big West, there's a lot of good teams that do with, with what, the, you know, they have. They, they play great volleyball. And uh, it tends to be a lot of ball control, good offense, and they're mm-hmm. consistent. And, you know, we, we can play, we, you know, we've proven to play with a lot of the big dogs and the big teams, and we've got to just be able to control the ball a little bit better and be consistent because I think all the teams in the Big West um, 
you know, they're good and they're got great coaches. So, you know, our, our losses are the teams that we played against had a really good game plan against us. And then we didn't have some That's answers. That's good coaching, back. Joy. That is. Right? There's a lot of good coaches in the Big West. So. Well, I mean, after watching that Pepperdine match, I, I came over to you. I said, this team looks young. They look aggressive. I said, top four in the Big West? That's still going to be yeah. my, my hope because it, it is a young team and just watching you uh, and looking at some of the consistent hitters. But then that's why they play the game. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about something because you might have seen, I don't know how much volleyball you watch on TV. But you know, I'm a junkie and I'm watching. Obviously, <laughs> Julia is at Wisconsin and Sophia's yeah. at Washington, right? And I went to, uh, went to see Washington in person uh, last month. And then I'm going to go see Wisconsin in person when my wife and I go up there. I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because you've played the UCLA's, you've played the Georgia Techs and uh-huh. the, the Washington State. You've seen all different top 25 teams. I think there's really only... In volleyball, a level of like the Texas Wisconsin's, right? Like the final four teams, which I'm going to say are elite. Then you're going to have great, which is, I don't know. I've never seen Louisville or Pittsburgh play, but I've seen Washington play. I don't even think they're elite because they make mistakes. And then after your top 10, you get down to like some of the WCC schools. That's a whole different level. Like, right? If you look in the top 20, do you see three different levels of volleyball and if you can compare it to, I'm gonna compare it to like club. So like in SoCal, you had yeah. like your Mizunos, the Waves and Coast, right? And then you had the other second level tiers, and then you had the third level tiers. Is that almost the way it is in yeah. college? Well, you know, I think you're right about the top top. You know, they're just physically and well trained and and great teams, like the Texas. You know what you mentioned. And then I do see another layer, but I see uh, that third layer are a lot of good and well-coached programs like the WC, like some teams in the Big West, Louisville, you know, you got them all scattered around, a BYU, and they'll they'll take down anyone on a day. Like, if you're not playing your game, they play great volleyball. You know, they do what they do well and have pretty good systems. And so I think – a lot of what it comes down to if you're not in the very very top is just how well they're coaching how well they match Mm -hmm. up but i think the one thing we haven't talked about is just is this is a real puzzle about coaching is managing injuries you know no one knows about who's down and who's hurting and who's this (laughs) but every kid's hurt (laughs) you know they got little injuries and taking care of the shoulder and the ankle and the and it's about managing that and getting ready to play you know and so sometimes people be like oh my God, they just didn't show up there or they got killed or so. And, and you're thinking, hello, someone's you don't know, hurt. you don't know what's on the inside. You don't know right. what's going on, but you know, there, there is always an injury or someone didn't play because you know, they're injured or something happened. And, and so, you know, you got to manage all of that and, and, you know, get your team ready to play. And then it's matchups, you know, yes. a certain team has strengths and a certain team has some weaknesses and how do you match up against that? So, um, I mean, that's the greatest thing about it, but I think that some of those teams can get those those uh, top 25 teams. Any given day. Any given day. So who do you match up well against? Like, what team would you like to see? Like, what, what are your strengths? What type of team that you match up well against that you could take down? In the Big West? It, just Any, in general. Anywhere? 
Well, I like the idea of us playing a little later in the season when we're, you know, uh, a little more gelled and that sort of thing. But I like any team that's a little more physical. Okay. You know, that can kind of, we've got some physicality. Uh, and I like that kind of, we like to play that kind of physical game. Uh, we do need to improve a little bit on our, you know, like, just controlling the ball, right? Serve, receive? Not so much serve, serving. Okay. <laughs> serve, receive, of course. Everyone needs to have better serve, receive, right? The better serve, receive, the better, you know, you're in yeah. system and that sort of thing. But, yeah, just, just all those little details with ball control, you know. So my other point is, is there's room on every team for ball control kits. Do you hear that? So if you, it doesn't matter what size you are, just if you got good ball control. Yes, that is right? key on every team. Doesn't matter what size you are. There's always room. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about Long Beach State. Obviously, this great program out here. We're both alma maters. When you go on this campus, tell me some of your favorite places. What's your favorite place to eat on this campus? Oh gosh, uh, I like the Nugget. <laughs> have you been to the nugget oh i went to the nugget like 30 <laughs> years ago and i'm just shocked that you keep on saying the nugget's still here <laughs> nothing is nothing has outperformed the nugget since we were here yeah, i can't really say why i like the nugget. i, I think I, love, I know why <laughs> i love the nugget just the eye contact yeah. i know why that uh i love all the little cafes i can just go grab a little snack and a good coffee and that sort of thing it and I can say it. I'll tell you why I loved the Nugget when I was going to Long Beach State. They served alcohol at the Nugget and they played live music Thursday night. That's Sublime. Where I saw Sublime. Yes. That's where I saw Sublime. I was a fan right then. Sublime. All right. If you just want to chill and relax on campus, where do you just go and maybe reflect for five yeah. or ten minutes? Guy, there's the campus has an amazing places to visit. So. The Contemporary Art Museum is unbelievable, and I love art. The North Campus, or it's not North, sorry, I'm getting my, it's actually South Upper Campus. The green area in Upper Campus is beautiful. People are in hammocks and laying out and just sitting in the sun. Uh, and then they've converted a lot of the libraries. So you remember the North Library? And yes. you've got this smaller one down here. It's not really small, it's big. I always went north to that's north. what we had right well they've converted that into this kind of modern hangout areas and these cool um work areas where they have big tables that, so you can meet with your your groups if you're working you know on projects uh and it's kind of like you can get your own room and the cubbies and all that stuff so there's a lot of there's a lot of little nooks and crannies if you want to be outdoor or indoor um but I love to just people watch up on, you know, upper campus and get a coffee. <laughs> the toaster building's still up there, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I always call that's it, the toaster building. It? Yeah, it looked like a little it's toaster. There. It's still there. But near the fine arts, and I used to just love to hang out up on campus. I think it's a Macintosh or something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's been great having you always talking about just Long Beach volleyball in itself and, and promoting obviously uh, this campus and university but uh, you know the goal and you've said it and this is going to be our pitch now obviously you know the goal is to get on a bigger platform yeah uh, why should the student manager be on a platform like barstool sports you know i um i just i i like that you're knowledgeable you guys are talking about the good, bad, and the ugly about every campus. Like, there's always good things. There's always things that could be improved. You know, there's um, there's also the ugly on campus. You know, 
it's just you're very organic and, and talking about what parents really need to know and kids need to know when they're searching for the best fit for them and you know not every not one school is like you know rainbows and unicorns so you know it's 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 doing your research and finding a good fit for for each kid and there's always something out there that's a good fit for them and i always say everything works out and happens for a reason just trust the process trust the process relax right now we're in october this is a big big time I have some events coming up and I'm talking to a lot of parents and students and, and I tell them just relax. Yeah. There's so much pressure. Yeah. The parents the parents need to um, relax, yeah. They right. need to relax because you, you can only concentrate on things we can control and otherwise you're just stressing everybody out besides yourself. So I think if they do the research and they, the kids are doing the work and they're passionate about it, it all works out. It all works out. You just heard it from Coach Joy my friend, longtime friend, and now she's leading the women's volleyball team here at our alma mater. Best of luck the rest of the Big West season, and we'll be back. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Fonger Thanks News, for me. out. <laughs>